why are we in a higher education? We want to help the students to ultimately graduate, right? Well, if they have a huge outstanding balance, you know, they may not be able to continue their education. They may have to stop out for a few semesters or, or even worse, you know, not return. Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. In this episode, I spoke with Cheryl Friesenhan from the University of Texas at Dallas on the university's refund policy and how they now offer tuition insurance from GradGuard to help students protect their investment in higher education. Hi, Cheryl. I'm so excited to have you join me today. Hi. Yes, I'm very excited to join you guys today, too. That's wonderful. You know, you and I go way back, but can you give our audience just a little overview of your experience in higher education? Sure. I will tell you that I celebrated 25 years with UT Dallas last April. Awesome. And my career in sponsored projects. However, you know, I, there was an opportunity to uh, go over to the Bursar office 20 years ago, and I jumped on it, and um, I've really enjoyed it. I enjoy working with the students, and so I've been leading the Bursar office, you know, for the last 18 years. It's been great. That's been awesome. I know that I always enjoy seeing you at uh, the trade shows and, and picking your brain and getting to know a little bit uh, about you and what's going on there. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to get into your tuition insurance program. But first, can you just tell us a little bit about the University of Texas at Dallas? Certainly. I can say we have continued to grow. We actually exceeded over 31,000 student enrollment this past fall. Wow. Actually, we're located just north of Dallas, you know, in Richardson. But uh, what we're really known for is our chess game. Oh. We've been number one in the U.S. on our chess. That we're so big on chess, we actually have a life-size chess board on our main campus, you know, on the main strip of our main campus. Wow, that's so cool. Well, it sounds like you're the perfect person to be there uh, working with students and student finance. So can you just tell a little bit about your approach to managing student finance and how do you take care of those students to ensuring they really know what's going on? Well, like everybody else, you know, our focus is here to, you know, to assist our students, but I'm really big keeping them as informed as possible. Yeah. I think the more informed a student is, the better decisions that they can make. And so, you know, that that's really my focus. And of course, to provide them with efficient tools to facilitate payments and to get their questions answered. But what I'm really big on is also creating partnerships all over campus so that way we can collaboratively assist our students with any various needs or concerns. You know, that way we're not just saying, oh, well, you can try checking with this other department and send them directly to the person and, and have a nice smooth transition for the student. To me, it's, 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 it's that way there's, there's no um, dropping the ball with the student. No, that's, that's great. And like you said, really that education and, and keeping them informed all the different policies and what to do just makes it a better student experience all the way around. And so I know probably one of those is understanding what the refund policy is. And so how do you just ensure that they understand that refund mandate, especially from the state school perspective? Well, obviously a state mandated refund policy, it, it is huge because it can be yeah. very, very expensive for a student if they wind up withdrawing. And, and then of course they, they don't have, they're not earning any credits associated with it. But I do make a point of addressing it all of our orientations. Okay. We send emails, you know, to our students to explain the refund policy. And of course, you know, uh, spring 2022, we added a consent manager through the bill payment suite for students to acknowledge the state mandated refund policy. 
And of course, we do have uh, you know a, a couple of web pages dedicated to the refund policy and what the scenario would look like if they dropped one class or they dropped all the classes and the timing of when that would happen. But uh, and and invariably, we always have students that I didn't know, I mean, right. even though we make every effort to try to educate them. Yeah, there's always the you. Oh, they have to actually read it. You could put it all the different places, <laughs> but read it that and understand it. True. <laughs> Well, I know that you now offer tuition insurance to students, but um, before you had that, that's a recent offering. How did you handle appeals that students had, you know, really before they were able to purchase this tuition insurance plan? Sure. So we had a committee that was made up of uh, three different areas. They represent from the financial aid office, the registrar's office, and the bursar office. And collaboratively, we reviewed any tuition appeals. We would require the students who submit appeal and the supporting documentation for that set appeal. And so we would review them and make a determination whether or not we would approve the appeal or deny the appeal. Now, an approved appeal would be that, oh, okay, the student uh, with medical reasons that took place during that term and therefore withdrew from all of their classes and we would offer the student a one-time exception. Okay. You know, so that one time we would go ahead and make an exception to the state-mandated refund policy and remove all their tuition fee charges. And if they had paid in full, of course, refund the student, or it may just be removing the balance, you know, for the tuition charges. Right. Like I said, it was a one-time appeal. So if it was a situation where a student, um, you know, down the road, a semester, a couple semesters later, you know, wound up having to withdraw again for uh, all of the we would not offer them another appeal. It was really a one-time only exception. Okay. So, yeah, and, and let's face it, there's there's times where you have a medical condition that maybe it can reoccur. You know, like you mentioned, you know, with, um, you know, mental health. Right. You, know, you may have medications that are helping you and you're doing fine and suddenly, you know, there's a little tweak and, and, and it's not working as it once was. And so, yeah, we, we were not able to offer that student yet another appeal. So it, it was it was difficult for the students. And of course, you know, prior to uh, the uh, spring 2020, we were reviewing a good 20 appeals per month and approving about 10 of those per month. Wow. So there was a lot of appeals, a lot of appeals. That sounds like a lot. And just all the different offices too, it sounds really time consuming. So, you know, what what kind of time commitment were you spending on all these appeals? That's true. Administratively, amongst the four of us that were really involved because it was the three offices, but there was also a person on my team that was coordinating all these appeals. And so it would take a good six hours on a monthly basis between uh, the four people that were involved. And of course, it wasn't just the workload that's associated with it. You care about the students. You care about the situation. You're reading about the circumstances you know, behind their appeal, and some were just heartbreaking. So it could be emotionally tough and draining right? and it gets toll on us just to, to go through these appeals and make decisions on, on, on people's lives. You know, so you, you, you had to be you know, mentally tough to be able to actually just go through the process. I bet. And hearing all those stories, that's, that's, that's heartbreaking. Beyond all the time commitment there, obviously if you're giving uh, these one time exceptions, I mean, that's probably a lot of money. How much did that really add up to that you were doing each year? Well, as I mentioned, we would we would review around 20 appeals a month and we would grant about 10 of them. And on average, you know, tuition for that student would be around $8,000. Okay. It's, you know, 80,000 a month and then, you know, times 12. So you're you're now heading up closer to a million dollars on an annual basis 
you know, that we were writing off because we wanted to extend those students goodwill, you know, for their extenuating circumstances. Wow, that's a lot of money. And I know everybody in higher ed, especially, you know, you want to be able to help those students and really help them progress. But, you know, sometimes when you look at the time and the cost, it's it's really kind of tough to kind of figure out how do you keep going? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You want to do right by them, but, but it, it does put the university in a bit of a tough spot. Yeah, sure does. So so now let's talk about how you transitioned and you really helped to solve for this problem. Can you talk a little bit about the your new tuition insurance program? Certainly. So I've actually been interested in offering tuition insurance for you know quite a few years now. Uh-huh. Uh, some issues with trying to get uh, approval, but ultimately we did finally get approval to to uh, be able to offer tuition insurance. I thought it was a really wonderful opportunity because in, uh, there's no cost to the university number one right you know when i when i really sat down with uh the, the representative from grad guard what we did is we talked about all the different scenarios they, they were offering a student reimbursement for you know situations that we weren't even offering okay so it was yes yes so i told you we would do a one-time appeal well this is not a situation for them if that student wind up having a flare-up uh, uh, for medical reasons and they were able to document it they would be able to you know, file a claim, you know, for that particular situation yet again, where we would not do that. Right. They also offered uh, claims for things that we would not offer. You know, so I felt that it was like, okay, why not? Why not try to partner with, um, you know, Gregard to offer tuition insurance? It sounds like a really good opportunity for the student as well as again, and, and bear in mind, when we offer tuition appeals, we were only doing that for the tuition itself. Okay. You know, other types of expenses that a student would still be responsible for, you know, housing charges, meal plan, that type of thing. But anyway, you know, so we were able to start offering it for the spring 2022 term. And I got to tell you, it's been really nice because we have been able to uh, incorporate it within, you know, the touch environment. It's, it's, it's ready made. It's just a little bit of setup in the grand scheme of things. Right. And now with the, you know, the, the consent manager and presenting the financial responsibility agreement, yeah, it 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 to me it's in that another opportunity to push the refund policy out, you know, to our students and you know for them to know that this is uh, something that they have available to them, an opportunity to enroll into tuition insurance. I, I really love this 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 offering for our students. Yeah, and especially like you said, it being embedded in when they're already in bill payment and they're looking to see what do I owe and the consent manager coming up and saying, Hey, are you aware this is the refund policy? And um, after this amount of time, then you don't get a refund back, but Hey, do you want to enroll in tuition insurance for, you know, a pretty small amount? That's probably a really great user experience. Exactly. Cause remember I told you, it's all about the communication. I really tried to make sure that our students, uh, have the kind of communication or made aware of things that are available to them. That's right. And so it sounds like so far the adoption's going pretty good. The first semester we offered again, it was uh, spring, 2022. And we had 178 students, you know, out of you know, around you know 27,000 enrollment. You know, but again, it was brand new. We hadn't even done any real communication beforehand. Okay. And um, we had a nice jump for fall 2022. We had 682 students, student authorized users, should I say? Because yeah. that's another thing I, I failed to mention is that the authorized user, you know, can can purchase the the tuition insurance, you know, for their student. Right. 
And then this particular spring right now, we have 416. So it's still a jump from, from the prior spring, but it's down from, from fall. I feel that we'll get there, but I think right. this is going to take a lot more communication and really just getting the word out there. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think? Is it just a matter of maybe even understanding what does tuition insurance mean? Um, maybe a little bit of communication on that. I, I have to agree. I think it is a matter of them understanding what it means. I, I can tell you that uh, we sent out email communications to uh, uh, inform our students of the offering. And we had some students think it was spam or that we were, you know, yeah, there, there's something that was was unscrupulous, if you will. But I think it's a matter of getting them to understand that it's also we have our students that, um, you know, they, they don't, even if they do understand, they think that they're invincible. Right. You know, I, I'm 20 years old. I'm, you know, you know I, I, I'm invincible. I can, I can do anything. Nothing bad's going to happen. They're not going to think along those lines. They're not going to think along the lines of it's really no different than car insurance or sure. renter's insurance. Yeah, it's the parents. It's the authorized users that are going to appreciate, you know, what this means and what the offering is. And again, we have a fair number of, you know, scholarship recipients. So the scholarship recipients aren't thinking about if something happened to them that because they're thinking the tuition's already covered, but right. they're not thinking that, that, hey, wait a minute here. You know, that also means that I have used up a semester worth of scholarship that is no longer going to be offered to me and available to me for a future semester. You see what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just a matter of really trying to focus on different communications. I'm working to partner with other offices. I'm thinking our you know, student accessibility department, since they work with students, it would really be, you know, a, a target audience where what I mean by that, students that are more likely to have or experience some sort of issue where they may have to withdraw from all of their classes. You yeah, know, that's a really good idea too. like getting those targeted groups and educating based upon that particular type of student body and how this could be beneficial. That's that's genius. Well, we'll see how it goes. I haven't <laughs> conversation with them yet, but I, I'm bound and determined to really get our students to understand, at least to make an informed decision, not just throw this away. Like, I, I don't know what this means. So I don't, I'm not going to research this and see what it means. Right. Do you see what I, mean? I think it's important, at least that if they, if they don't want the insurance, that they understand what it is they're saying no to, or the, that they're disregarding something. What, are, what am I disregarding? Exactly. And like you said, in terms of the percentage, I mean, it's a pretty small amount to cover yes. your entire tuition. Oh yes, I mean for for our student body and our tuition rates and everything, it's one hundred and ten dollars a semester for up to ten thousand dollars worth of insurance coverage. One hundred and ten dollars. Wow. On average, a student's tuition is going to be eight thousand dollars. I know I was a poor, struggling college student myself at one time, but I think one hundred and ten dollars versus eight thousand dollars. I think I would have purchased the insurance to make sure that I was covered. Exactly. Right. Because out of pocket 110 versus 8,000, depending on something happens, <laughs> it's quite significant. Exactly. Exactly. That That's a huge balance because it, the, let's put it, take it a step further. If the student does wind up having to withdraw and everything, they're still responsible for that full amount. They may not have paid for everything. They may have had relied on financial aid to cover right. you know, the tuition. That aid is going to be removed. And so now they've got this huge balance. If they had purchased tuition insurance, and of course we're talking about for a claim that would have been approved, some sort of medical reasons and everything. Sure. Now they they can file the claim and they can be fully reimbursed. But for the university, if the student hasn't paid for all those tuition fees yet, 
the benefit to the university is that when the claim is approved, they will pay the university okay. first. And then if there's anything left that the student had paid, the student will then be paid that amount. You know, so the, the, the university has an opportunity to be fully reimbursed for that claim before the student will be for that claim. Wow, that's really important to, to understand that because I'm sure there's a lot of lost dollars from if the student withdraws, they're still responsible, but they may not have the money to do it or may go to collections. And by the time you get it back from collections, you're getting pennies on the dollar. That's amazing. Well, yeah, and, and that's very true. And the thing is, let's face it, why are we in higher education? We want to help the students to ultimately graduate, right? Right. right. Well, if they have a huge outstanding balance, you know, they may not be able to continue their education. They may have to stop out for a few semesters or, or even worse, you know, not return. Right. And so this to me is an opportunity for the students to be able to continue their education and to complete their degree without an issue. You know, so just that peace of mind, I just think it's really worth it. Right. The peace of mind alone is, is absolutely worth it. Um, and, and also, like you said, kind of going back from the flip side from you, while, you know, your numbers are increasing as, there, as there's more awareness, but it seems like those who really need it, um, who may have done an, a claim and, and you had to do an appeal, that's reducing, I, I believe is what we talked about. So how has this really impacted the issues that you were seeing? How many people are coming for an appeal to you now? Well, we still have students that are asking for appeals. And, sure. and so that's a different story. But now what the, the it's a huge huge difference for us because before we offer tuition insurance again 20 appeals of 10 uh, uh, approved a month right but now that we offer tuition insurance and we make a point of making sure we're sending communication with these students plus we have the added benefit of the consent manager recording showing that the student you know decline you know that opportunity you know we don't offer tuition appeals uh, really to any of our students with the exception of two reasons we can appreciate the student may not want to uh, cover themselves because, again, they think that they're invincible. Right. Say that the student did experience the death of an immediate family member. They may not have considered that at all. And none of us had the heart to tell a student that we're not going to grant them a tuition appeal when, they're when they have just experienced a loss of an immediate family member. Sure. We will grant that type of an appeal. Okay. Right. So in uh, the year of 2022, the calendar year 2022, we only granted two appeals. The whole year? The whole year. And when you consider, wow. we were all granting 120 appeals. Yes. Do the math. And so it, it, it's been a huge difference for us. And I'm not going to tell you that from a um, just a caring perspective, that it isn't still hard to tell the student no. Right. It, it, easier to tell the student no because of the fact that we did offer you this opportunity and at the same by the same token we do need to make sure that we are treating all of our students fairly and equitably correct fair for us to grant an appeal to someone who chose not to purchase the insurance you know for the student that did choose to protect their investment into their tuition and they purchased the insurance right that's sending a mixed message. Now, why, why even bother? Why should that student even purchase insurance? You have to be tough. You have to be, you know, hold students accountable. But by the same token, that's how life is. Right. I think the uh, representative of higher education is not just making sure they pay for tuition and, uh, and fees and so forth. 
it's it's making them to, to learn responsibility and they are going to be held accountable for their actions, whether they like it or not. That's just life. That's right. I mean, that's the, they're going to school both for the book smarts, but the life smarts. And that's where you get to come in and teach the financial responsibility. And hey, if you, like you said, your car, if you didn't have car insurance and you got into a wreck and it got totaled, they're not going to say, oh, we'll go ahead and give you a car after all. <laughs> right, right. And that's the part. I think if we really try to, to, Focus on on putting that that putting that as a relationship, making that more relatable. This see why you have the insurance for your car. Now you can do it for your tuition. Right. I'll get there. I'm determined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe that you will, and I think you've already made huge strides and progress just in the short amount of time that you've had the the uh, tuition protection program. And so it's probably a little too early, I think. But I mean, you said earlier one of the other pieces is that if they have this huge balance, it, it would be hard for them to re-enroll. What do you think about having this new approach with the tuition protection to be able to have them actually come back once whatever has happened has subsided? Well, we, we I did get some uh, response. I, I was asking Greg Art about our uh, number of claims and everything. And I told you, we, we don't have the hugest adoption of this yet. I mean, just sure. you know, almost 1,300 students overall. But we've had uh, 10 claims that were filed and seven that were approved um, you know, last um, uh, calendar year and everything. Mm -hmm. we don't need, so I guess where I'm going with that is that of the students that purchased, you know, there was still not a whole lot that needed to. And I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Right. But again, I think more the adoption and everything, we're going to see more of those claims. Right. But I think as far as the the students are concerned and, and, and knowing what they have available to them, it's just working with them and understanding that they do have an opportunity to protect themselves and not be saddled with a huge balance that they're not going to be able to overcome. Right. And be able to do it more than once, right? I mean, before you have the one appeal. And to be able to do it more than once because, yeah, I, I know I touched on this, but I really felt for the students that... Um, you know, have some sort of medical condition that could crop up again. Right. And so it really pleases me to know, and that these students are now offered an opportunity, a peace of mind to enroll in tuition insurance, you know, each term and everything. And now it's not a matter of them, you know, having to make a decision. Okay. How do I feel right now? Do I feel like I could get through this term, you know, it, right. and, and not have to take a roll of the dice, should I say. You know, now they can they can go on and continue their education with that peace of mind of knowing that they would be covered. Right. You know, because I, I have a lot of admiration for those students that determined they want to complete their education despite having medical condition that could crop up and force them to withdraw. No yeah. one should be denied an opportunity to complete their education because of their medical reasons and everything. So this is to me is a a wonderful opportunity for those students. It it really is, and it sounds like such a a win-win for the school too. And so if uh, our listeners are out there thinking, I need to get implemented <laughs> using GradGuard, can you tell a little bit about your experience on the implementation process? Absolutely. Yeah. So I was told when I was having the discussions, it's a really easy implementation, Cheryl. It's really, it's, it's very, very easy. And I'm sure other people out there have been told that by vendors and everything. And when they got into it, it was like, no, this is not as easy as you said it was going to be. Right. Well, I'm here to tell you, it really, really was as simple as advertised. Awesome. Believe me, 
no one is more shocked than myself. And this has nothing to do with and nothing to do with grad card, just experience with any type of implementation. But I will tell you that we signed the contract with BradGuard on November 5th of 2021, and we were live by December 2nd of 2021 so that we could start offering it when we went live with our tuition fee tables and students could start to go ahead and enroll in the tuition insurance. Awesome. And look at that. That's, I mean, it was really nothing. And, and as far as having my questions answered, very, very timely responses. So any questions I had, I, I had responses, you know, later that day or, you know, by the next morning, but it was very, very quick. I would get responses, any little hiccups that we had with, um, with anything. And I do mean little hiccups just with, the it, it was, it was addressed very, very, very quickly. You know, so I was very, very pleased by that customer service and that um, everything that we did, every question I had, it was as if, you know, they had nothing more to do that we were, we were their focus. That's and awesome. that's great. That is great because you want that type of partnership when you're trying to implement something and get something ready for a new term. Absolutely. And I know you've implemented a thing or two in your uh, career. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I really can't say enough about uh, the, the folks on, on both GradGuard and TouchNet. They made the whole process very, very easy. That's wonderful. And and again, in terms of because of our integration and really having GradGuard embedded, it's a, a feature uh, within bill payment that is just a matter of getting that uh, enabled, right? Yes. Yes. So all of it was, it was just some setup, honestly, you know, it's a little setup of the, of the consent manager. And now we happen to be a people soft school. Okay. And I'm just throwing it out there, uh, you know, because we have the integration between TouchNet and, and people soft. Right. Okay. Real time interface and TouchNet uh, understands and recognizes what are known as service indicators, i.e. holds. Yes. And so for universities, you know, you will need to make some decisions on what it is that you want to implement. For instance, if you are implementing the grad guard, now they will offer tuition insurance to you know any student and everything. I was focused, and so, so that consent manager would be out there for everybody, whether they would, the student was enrolled or not. Okay. I personally, um, more focused on students that were actually enrolled for the term. You know, so I can tell you that the consent manager will only open up for a student that is actually enrolled because then the refund policy and mandate will will come into play. If right. a student is just logging into the system and they're not enrolled, well, then that, that refund policy is, is, why should I have them, you know, even look at that? Right. You see what I mean? So I want to make a point of focusing on the students that were enrolled. But because of that, and because there's, the, you know, just delivered setup, it was just a matter of, you know, doing the setup of that new service indicator and updating the the uh, bill payment suite with that information. And so now only the students that I have identified as enrolled will see that consent manager. Okay. Of course, just you know, developed a communication plan you know, because again, I wanted to make sure that we had communications ready to be, to send to students. And there's some things that I still want to do that I haven't done yet. Well, it's still but, early. <laughs> you're it's, you're it's, learning and growing, learning and growing. Exactly, exactly. And of course, it's a matter of educating my own team, so that way, if students were calling and or or emailing and asking about this, they would be able to answer questions and explain, you know, intelligently what this meant. Like I said, we did have a few students that was like, "What is this for? Is this spam?" <laughs> right. Well, that's a good point, though, is to make sure that if you do get those questions, that you have your team equipped to answer them. Absolutely. That's wonderful. I think you've given 
some great advice and some great success stories of, of being able to offer tuition protection for their students. So thank you so much. Uh, any other advice or anything you'd like to share? I would just have to say that if, if for any schools that have not added tuition insurance as an option for their students, I would just highly recommend it. It doesn't cost you anything and you're giving your students an opportunity to protect their, their investment in their higher education. It's just a really, really, really nice offering. Thank you so much, Tara, for spending some time with me today and all of your experiences to really improving financial literacy and advocating for your students to protect their investment. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.